Hi, I'm Alan. And I'm Alexis. We had four kids in four years. People think we're crazy, and sometimes we think they might be right. But most of the time, we love it. We hope this is a place where you can learn to be a better parent, but without taking yourself too seriously. Whether you're a new parent or have a few years under your belt, we hope we can give you something new to think about. Or laugh about. After all, this is Parenting in Real Life. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 20 of Parenting in Real Life. The big 2-0. We feel pretty good about ourselves. Yes, we do. So, the real-life parenting moment today, um, it's beginning to look a lot like springtime in Wisconsin. Finally. And maybe temporarily. But, because it was good weather, we went um, on a walk, and we live right by a nature trail that runs along a river. And there's a cool place where you can kind of get off the trail and go, like, right next to the river. And so we were down there. The kids were having fun. But, you know, we have four kids and two adults. So, especially with Nathan, we were holding Jack. But with Nathan, we told him, Nathan, do not get too close to the edge. Um, But we're kind of exploring, and everybody's doing their own thing. And at least a hundred times, we said, Nathan, don't get too close to the edge. Because we know Nathan, and we know he kind of has a balance thing. He's always fallen off of stuff, and so, like, right on the edge of a river. And so, like, Nathan, just please don't fall in. I saw Nathan, like, floating away down the river in my head. I even took a Snapchat and sent it to our families. And in the Snapchat, he's standing there playing with a stick in the water, and then he kind of wobbles backwards. I'm like, ah, careful. <laughs> he corrected himself. <laughs> and everybody noticed. He's like, oh, Nathan got pretty close there. And then, of course, five minutes later, I hear a splash. And luckily, I turned around and I was right next to Nathan at the moment, and I was able to grab him, and he didn't even go all the way under. He just, like, went up to his his shirt. We'll post a picture, but Alexis, <laughs> Alexis and I both cracked up. <laughs> so those things we are just knew like, it. We knew it was going to happen. Of course. <laughs> and poor Nathan, he just started crying. He was so cold, you know, because it's snow, mel- melted snow, and, and he had these rain boots on, so his rain boots are are completely filled with this cold water and his jeans are soaked and luckily his shirt wasn't too wet and we had a jacket that we had brought with us in the stroller so we took him up to the stroller and put on took off his shirt put on the sweatshirt and dumped out his boots (laughs) (laughs) poor kid we were just kind of chuckling the whole way (laughs) so life is real (laughs) and your kids fall in the river So today, we are going to talk about conquering negative thinking. And I I think the thing that inspired this for us is really two things. As a parent, it's really easy to have negative thoughts about yourself, um, about your parenting. But also, now you have all these little people surrounding you that have their own negative thoughts. And I think everybody has negative thoughts to some degree or another. Um... Alan and I even joke sometimes, I was a good person until I had kids. <laughs> yes. yes. Um, it's, it's just challenging being a parent. Lots of great things, but it's very challenging. Right. And it's really hard when you see your little, you know, five-year-old struggling with negative thoughts. You know, you're like, you're five. Life's easy. But it's hard. And life's real to them as far as they know, you know. So um, our our Cammy and even some of our other kids have already shown that they you know, have a hard time being positive sometimes. And so I think it's important to understand how to control your own negative thoughts so that you can help them control theirs. Mm -hmm. 
And we just want to to say that we are not professionals. We are not doctors. We are not trained psychologists or anything like that. So um, we're just going to talk about our own experience and the the suggestions from the article that we read and that we're going to put in the show notes. Um, and we know that depression is very real and postpartum depression. Um, so if these are serious things for you and if you really are feeling um, depressed more than, than self-talk and um, the tips that we talk about today, then it's important you see a medical professional. And they can help you um, either talk about you know, your thoughts or help you get, or get on medication or, you know, go above and beyond what we're going to be talking about today. Mm-hmm. We just want to say, like, it's normal, right? We all know people and have all, um, have all had those, those thoughts. But if it's something that you're really dealing with and, you know, don't know a way out, if you don't feel comfortable talking to a professional, talk to somebody that you love and that you can trust and have them help you make that step or, or help you determine what step needs to be taken. So... So to start off, um, we wanted to discuss why do we have negative thoughts? You know, why why does this happen? And the article said that as humans, we have um, a tendency just to be, I like what they said, to be more like Eeyore than a Tigger. And that, that could apply to us parents. Um, where we just think about bad experiences more than positive ones and that this is an evolutionary adaptation that helps us avoid danger and react quickly in, in crisis. So mm-hmm. that makes sense. But the constant negativity can also get in the way of our happiness and that it adds stress and worry and and I'm sure most of you know that it could damage your health. And some people are just more um, prone to negative thinking and this could be a genetic makeup. Sometimes, you know, genetically depression seems to run in families, Um, but it can also be of um, from childhood experiences if you had trauma or... um, dramatic things that have happened in your life as a child that could also help you have more negative thoughts throughout your life. Yep. So the first step is what I thought was really interesting is to don't try to stop the negative thoughts. Um, and what they say is that if you're obsessing about, for example, um, a lost, like you didn't get a promotion or they also suggested the presidential campaign. I personally am not so worrying about that, but I think some people are still having a hard time with that. Um, don't tell yourself, I have to stop thinking about this. And because worrying and obsession actually, actually get worse when you're trying to control your thoughts. So instead, um, it's important that you tell yourself, I'm obsessing about my bad review or I'm, ex- I'm obsessing about the election. And so the difference there is when you're trying to like control your thoughts, it's like if somebody says like, don't think of Abraham Lincoln, everybody thinks of Abraham Lincoln, right? Like the harder you try and control your thoughts, the more difficult it becomes. The, so the difference, if you didn't catch it, is that what they're recommending is tell yourself I'm obsessing on my bad review or I'm obsessing on the election. So the difference there is that you're diagnosing your thought. And that's, that's really where the power is, is that when you diagnose it, you, your brain can say, oh, this is what this is, and you can start, um, you can start making changes. You, your brain wants to fix it, right? Because now you diagnose it as a problem. You also, I think it helps you realize that um, to some degree, it's not real, right? So if you're having really negative, pessimistic thoughts, oftentimes they're not built on reality, and that can help you realize that. 
So once you've accepted that you're having a negative thought, the next step is to force yourself to challenge it. So for example, when I have negative thoughts, Alan, he, he likes to tell me that I'm being a black hole beluga. We were trying to think about where this came from. And I, I think it was very early on in our marriage and I would get depressed or sad about something and I would obsess over it and Alan would tell me that I'm being a black hole beluga because like he would want me to like Alan's a people pleaser so he would want to help me get out of it right away and when you're having negative thoughts especially if you aren't challenging them you kind of obsess over it and it takes a while for you to come out of that and so that's kind of our our code name now is when He's telling me if I start obsessing about negative thoughts, then he tells me I'm being a black hole beluga. And it helps because I recognize it right away and it helps me get out of it faster. So this is where having a spouse that helps you recognize your bad thoughts is um, can be really helpful. To all the dads out there, I'd just like to say calling your significant other a whale of any sort <laughs> is generally a bad idea. I think the only way this works for us is that it was so early on in our marriage that we were still like firmly in the honeymoon stage. And so she just rolled with it. And now it doesn't mean anything. It just is, it just is that it's me like saying in what has become kind of like a almost way we can chuckle at that. Like, Hey, you know, you're, you're on the spiral right now. You, you know, like everything, everything seems wrong right now. And so usually it's just better to like, just stop talking, right? Like, cause you know, everything's just gonna, you're going to put the negative tint on everything you think about. So just stop talking, stop obsessing on things. And it just, again, it diagnoses it and then we can challenge it. Right. So then we can say, okay, that's not true. What is true? And that's, that's kind of what they get at is, um, you can ask yourself a question. If you f say, I'm not good at anything, you can say, well, what are you good at? What do you, what do you know you're good at? And there's an answer to that, right? You're, you're demonstrably good at something. I just use demonstrably in a sentence. Um, <laughs> Alan has much better vocabulary than I do. So. I've never used that word before and I'm going to look it up afterwards to make sure it's the right thing. I think it is. Um, but that's called the Socratic, Socratic questioning. And this is actually a great one for kids. My mom would do that all the time. When you're on this path where you're thinking really negatively, challenge that because usually negative thinking is wrong to some degree, right? It's just straight up wrong. And so if you challenge that and force yourself to think about that, then it can undermine those negative thoughts because you're not bad at everything. You are good at something and you're not a terrible parent. You are a good parent in some ways. Maybe you're not great at remembering to pick your kids up on time, but you maybe are great at, you know, drawing a cute little something on your kid's sandwich bag or whatever. You know, you have something you're great at. And and so reminding yourself, forcing yourself to think of that can break that black hole beluga spiral. And now for a quick break. The heart behind the iMom podcast is storytelling because every mom has a story to tell. I know that when I talk to my friends who are parenting and we share stories, we all end up feeling less alone and more capable of loving our kids well. You can find information everywhere on the internet. Some is bad parenting advice and some is pretty wise. We like to think there's a lot of wisdom on imom.com and when you combine that signature wisdom with a great story, 
It brings parenting to life. We want a mom who's listening to see herself and her kids in these stories and rest in the confidence that she is the perfect mom for her kids. Check out the iMom podcast with new episodes every Monday. So, for example, kind of like what Alan said before, for me, um, that's one of my things that I obsess over, or I have negative thoughts about is that I'm not good at anything. So if there's something that I can't do, then I'll just think, oh, I'm not good at anything. And so something that I've done to help myself with that is that I write down a list of my talents and strengths when I'm in a good mood. And um, so that way, when I think, oh, I'm not good at anything, I can remember the things that I am good at. So... Like Alan said, you ask your question, ask the question, what is something I know that I'm good at? And then you can pull out this list and you can say, oh, I know I'm good at being a teacher or I know I'm good at photography or, you know, I'm good at baking, whatever your talents or skills are, have those written down. Um, and they found that having this Socratic questioning helps reduce the depressive symptoms in adults. And sometimes when we're having negative thoughts, um, sometimes some of those negative thoughts will be true. And so, um... Like maybe you're not good at sewing. You're just not. That's, it's true. And you can tell, and you tell yourself that, but then when you follow up with, and so I'm not good at anything, that's when the negative thoughts aren't true. And then those are the things that you can challenge. Daniel Tiger often comes to mind. I think when you're helping your kids understand this, again, half of Daniel Tiger and half of what we've talked about today is just identifying the emotion, right? And so much of it is just helping your mind understand what it's going through. And Daniel Tiger has a song, I believe, that goes something like, It's okay to be sad sometimes. Little by little, you'll feel better. Again. Again, or something. <laughs> um, anyways, don't quote me. But I think it's something like that. And so when you're talking to your kids about this, I think it's good to validate, like, hey, it's okay to feel sad. But... Also, you know, as they get a little older and start being unnecessarily hard on themselves, you can also help them see, like, it's okay to feel sad. And if you're feeling sad, that's an okay thing to feel. But some of the things you're saying right now just aren't true. You are good at things. And then you can help them answer those questions, right? It's more powerful if they answer them, but it, you can kind of get them started. Um, help them see what they are great at or... Help them see how what they think they're thinking isn't true, and then you know help them start to create that list for themselves. And so, when you're having those negative thoughts and you um, need help beyond just telling yourself or looking at a list, um, talk to your spouse or a friend or a sibling, um, someone who can validate that you have good qualities or whatever it is that question you're looking for. They can help you answer that. And that's what, kind of like what Alan was saying, that you can do with your child. As the parent to the child, you can be that person to mm -hmm. help show them. Those negative thoughts aren't true. You can also read maybe like an uplifting article. You know, maybe you yelled at your kids and so you feel like you're a bad mom. But if you read an article about how, you know, every parent makes mistakes and it's okay that this isn't going to traumatize your kids forever because you yelled at them once, you know, or whatever it is that Or happens. listen to our podcast where we talk about how we make mistakes all the time. <laughs> yes, because we do. That is a normal part of parenting. No parent is perfect. And so, but there are so many articles out there online on whatever website that you want. But if as long as it's uplifting and it helps you feel positive, then I think that's probably a good thing. Yep. 
So the next step um, you can also do is just take deep breaths. Um, when I was a child, I had really bad anxiety and um, I would get anxiety attacks and it would just be so much that it would just kind of control everything that I was feeling and the surroundings around me would just kind of disappear and all I could focus on was this anxiety that I had. And so um, something that I learned to do is just I would just stop thinking about the anxiety, um, tell myself that, you know, I'm okay. It's going to be okay and just take a few deep breaths and just kind of let the anxiety go away. And I think with the negative thoughts that we can, that's a similar thing that we could do is if you're obsessing over something and you're feeling really sad to just kind of stop what you're doing, stop thinking about those thoughts, just take some deep breaths, um, and kind of let those thoughts move on. I think that's one of the biggest ways for me is when Mm -hmm. I, when I obsess about negative thoughts, I just kind of stop and I forget about them. And as time goes on, then I feel better and then I can move on for the rest of my day. You know, that's, that's my process. I know everybody's a little bit different, but I just need to stop where I am, stop those thoughts and do something. I think that helps do something else, whether that's physically like, yeah, go pick weeds or right. Yeah. Do chores or, you know, write something or read something, just something that can move your thoughts onto something else. And then for me, I can just kind of forget about it for a while. Yep. Yeah. So know yourself. Some people I think do need to attack it head on and Mm -hmm. create a positive self-talk to fight the negative self-talk. For Alexis, it's definitely... Most of the time, she just gets grumpy if you try to make her do positive self-talk. She just wants to acknowledge it. And once she acknowledges it, that's important. But then she needs to move on and not talk and forget about it. Mm-hmm. So know yourself. Maybe you're one that needs to talk about it. And maybe that just makes it worse for you. And you just need to take a deep breath, move on to something else. And then you'll feel better, you know, a couple hours later. Because it's okay to feel sad sometimes. <laughs> Little by little, you'll get better. Again. (laughs) Again. (laughs) Yep. Daniel Tiger for the win. Finally, just to reemphasize, what we're talking about, I think, is kind of the pedestrian negative self-talk. But there is something called depression, and it's nothing to be ashamed of. We both know and have many friends and, and people that are close to us that have struggled and do struggle with depression. And there's absolutely no shame in seeing a counselor and seeing a doctor and getting medication. In fact, um, I was really impressed. I think this last week was Mental Health Awareness Week. And the starting quarterback for Brigham Young University, um, who, if you know him, his name's... uh, Tanner Mangum. Tanner Mangum. Really dynamic kid. Charismatic. Just like... Just lights out. Impressive for a college kid. And... He came out this past week and said, I struggle with anxiety and depression, which, you know, here's this guy that's leading a college football team down the football field and he struggles with depression and anxiety. So I thought that was just really cool to, he just wanted to normalize it. Lots of people deal with this. He said, I go to a counselor, I take medication and I'm, I'm still a normal person. doesn't make me a bad person because I have those things. I'm still a, a functional person, but those things help me function. And I just thought that was really uh, brave, but important that we just acknowledge that this is a real thing. 
I have to give a little shout out to myself there. Aren't you impressed that I knew the quarterback's day before Alan did? <laughs> that was impressive. I wanted to say Taysom Hill. I'm stuck in the past. Yeah. yeah. So I think as parents, we can be good examples of positive thinking and positive self-talk for our children to help them start um, also becoming positive thinkers. And um, we love this YouTube video. It's been around for a long time, so you might have seen it a while ago. It's mm-hmm. this little girl, and she is standing up on the sink in her bathroom and in front of the mirror, and she's just – she has all these positive affirmations. Um, like she, she says she can do anything good, and she tells all the things that she loves, and it's just really awesome. We showed this to our kids the other day. Yeah. Um, but I love that because – you know, here's this girl and she's, she's pumping herself up and she's saying all these great things and stuff. And, and, um, you know, we can start doing that for our kids. We can, you know, help pump them up, get them ready for life and not, you know, more than is needed. We've talked about that on our podcast too, about over doing the positive, uh, praise and stuff like that. You don't want them to be, um, big headed and entitled and all that stuff. But I think there's a right way to do it where you can just help them, you know, be positive and be happy. Yeah. And I think the goal of this is different than like praising them directly, but helping them, giving them the script to have their own positive self-talk, right? It's great to yell at them and tell them how great they are all the time and be their cheerleader. And that's important, but they need to be saying that about themselves. And so that's where you can really help and give them the words and, the permission to talk about themselves in a positive way. And a lot of that honestly is again, how you talk about yourself. If you're always looking in the mirror and making funny faces because you're, you know, just not where you want to be weight wise, or if you're talking about how stupid you are or how often you make mistakes, that's what they're going to do. Right. And I know, I know that's hard because maybe this is something you've dealt with your whole life and it's hard to just change on a dime Because now you have kids. But remember that they're going to mimic what they see. And so stay positive. Work on this for yourself. But also, you know, let let your kid be the motivation. Um, Separate topic, but maybe one last uh, motivator for all of us to get our positive self-talk where it should be. I knew a guy who was a lifetime smoker. Smoked many packs a day. And... He wanted to change, wanted to quit the habit, and he uh, he was committed. So he finally did it, was trying really hard, quit for some period of time, but just kept on falling back into his old habit. And then one day um, at church, one of the young um, girls, she was eight or nine years old, she had heard that he was trying to quit smoking, and she got all excited about it, and so she said, hey... I'm, I'm, a, I'm praying for you today. And he said, I never smoked again. You know, knowing that this, there was this little girl who believed in him and believed that he could do it was the motivation he needed. And so it doesn't make it easy to fix all this just because you have kids that need you and believe in you. Um, but it can be an extra motivation that your positive or negative, your negative self-talk isn't just hurting you. Um, it could be hurting your kids. Don't be discouraged by that, but be encouraged. And remember that, you know, if you fix this, you're fixing it for you and maybe your kids as well. 
So to end our podcast today, we wanted to um, have a social media question. And I think this is also to benefit us because um, we do have a child who struggles a little bit with um, negative uh, self-talk. So what do you do for your kids when they um, have negative thoughts? How do you help them to be more positive? And you can find that social media question on Instagram. We're at P-I-R-L podcast. Or you can tweet us. I'm at Alan T. Tanner. And I'm at Alexis Tanner one You can also find us on my blog at learnaswego.org or email us at parentinginreallife at podcast or parentinginreallifepodcast at gmail.com. And at any of those places, what we're really looking for is your suggestions on what we should be talking about or your comments about what we are, have already talked about. Do you like it? Do you hate it? Do you have questions? Do you have insights that we can share? We would love any of that. And you can find us on Patreon. That's www.patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash P-I-R-L if you'd like to support the podcast. Or subscribe um, wherever you get your podcast and make sure you tell others about us too. And if they don't know how or to do a podcast or never listened to one before, show them on their phones. Download one of the apps or just use the ones that come on their phone and show them how to subscribe to the podcast. And... As always, a special thanks to our four kids for being kids.